The reading is taken from Philippians chapter 3, beginning at the seventh verse. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, because like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. All of us, then, who are mature should take such a view of things And if, on some point, you think differently, that, too, God will make clear to you. Not, sorry, only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. This is the word of the Lord. Welcome, Martin. It's good to have you preach. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we pray for Martin. We thank you so much that he's with us to preach today. We thank you for all you've done in his life and in Susie's life. And Father, we pray that we will hear the words you would have us hear today. And that we will not only hear them, but we will act on them and we will grow closer to you because of them. Amen. 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 Thank you, Ursula. Well, I am very glad to be here with you today. 
I could finish there, in a way, because I, I am very glad to be with you, here with you today, because I might not have been at all. As a lot of you know, uh, I could easily have died, uh, particularly back in April, but the last few, year, few years have been quite a, a time for Susie and myself, and been through all sorts of trials together. And I want to look at today at how we go through life's trials, and in particular, thinking of Paul as he wrote this letter to the Philippians that we've just heard a, a chunk from. Because if anybody knows about going through trials, it's Paul. He led quite an extreme life going through all sorts of things, shipwrecks. Anyone here been through a shipwreck? No, no, okay. Paul's been through shipwrecks, he's been through beatings and imprisonments and all sorts of stuff. And here, just at the time that he's writing this letter to the Philippians, he's in another extreme situation. Here, he is in prison. He's waiting to go on trial. He doesn't know when that will be, but... He's waiting for it, and the outcome could go either way. Maybe he will die. Maybe he will be found guilty and sentenced to death. Or on the other hand, maybe he'll live. And actually, he's torn. He's torn between wanting to, <laughs> if he dies, then he goes to be with Christ. And this life, with all its suffering will have gone, but more especially, he will be with someone as wonderful as Jesus. As we've heard in the, the reading, he longs to press on in to know Jesus more, this wonderful Jesus. But yet at the same time, he knows that his life is to be lived for the benefit of other people. And he knows it's better for the Philippians that he stays alive and can help them know Jesus more and grow in their faith. And so Paul is in this situation of not knowing whether he's going to live or die. He's awaiting to be put on trial. But his situation isn't the easiest one even then. Being in prison, he has to be provided for somehow. In, those, in that situation, it was probably in prison in Rome. Well, the prisoners weren't fed or anything like that. They had to have someone come from the outside and bring them food. And Paul writes in this letter that he knows what it is to go hungry. And until a gift had arrived from the Philippians, some of the time he had been hungry. There were Christians there where he, he was, but for some reason, they were either unable to help him or didn't want to help him. And you can imagine him feeling let down by his fellow Christians, his brothers and sisters. But not only that, some of the local Christians were actively trying to cause trouble for him. They did this in a strange way. They did this by going out and preaching the gospel. 
Paul was very glad that they were preaching the gospel, but he knew that their motive was that actually they were wanting to stir up trouble for him in prison. And then this messenger came from the Philippians, Epaphroditus. And Epaphroditus had brought this gift from the Philippians to enable Paul to eat and have other needs provided for. Epaphroditus was to serve Paul. And then Epaphroditus fell ill. And Epaphroditus came to the point where he almost died. So yet another trial for Paul in the midst of everything else that was going on. And yet in this letter to the Philippians, Paul doesn't seem to be weighed down by these hardships that he is going through. By the problems he's having with his fellow Christians, by the, the severe problem of about to go on trial for his life through the experience of being imprisoned. These things are not a weight on Paul. And why is that? It's because he really knows Jesus with him in these situations. We've heard how he, he said that all the good things that he had before, he now considers a loss for the sake of Christ. He had everything he wanted, actually. He was extreme, an extremely religious Jew, and he'd got the right pedigree, he belonged to the right group, he'd been given authority by the chief priests, he had respect and status, He had authority and power. He was doing well for himself, it seemed. But now, here he is, a helpless prisoner who sometimes doesn't even end up with enough to eat. And yet he says he's in a far better position now than he was before. Everything else is loss compared to the greatness of knowing Jesus. And who is this Jesus that he knows? Well, in our, in our songs so far, we've been singing the wonderful person that Jesus is. And Paul, when writing to the Philippians, puts into his letter another hymn about Jesus. It comes in Philippians chapter 2. Jesus being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross." Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. 
and every tongue acknowledged that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So it's this Jesus that Paul knows. This Jesus who, although he had everything, seated with his Father in heaven, as he saw our situation, he, he came to be one of us. He came to face the same trials that we face. He came to experience the life that we lead. He came to experience a whole bundle of rejection. He, he experienced a whole lot of false accusation so that he was condemned to death. And as he was dying, he shared in all the sin that we have. He took that all upon himself so that we wouldn't need to pay the penalty for our sin. And he experienced death, the worst that we face. So it's that God, that Jesus, full of compassion that Paul knows. But Jesus didn't stay dead. He was raised to life again, and God then took him back to his right hand in heaven. And from there, he has the power over this world and all the heavenly realms. And one day, everything will be fully submitted to him. Every knee will bow at Jesus, to Jesus. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So Paul knows that this is is who Jesus is. The God who cares for us in our suffering. The God who is with us in our suffering. The God who has lived like us and suffered. And gone through all sorts of other types of trials. And yet now is the one who is ruling over everything. And has that power. So he wants to know and experience more of Jesus and who he is. The other week, Ursula was reminding us of another aspect of Jesus. She told us about Jesus' manifesto as he launched his ministry, which was based on the passage in Isaiah which Paul, being an Old Testament scholar, would have known very well and would know that this is who Jesus is. And in that passage in Isaiah, it declares that Jesus is the one who proclaims good news to the poor, who binds up the brokenhearted, frees the captives, releases prisoners from darkness, Proclaims that it's the year of the Lord's favor. He comforts people as they are mourning. Provides for them as they're grieving. And gives them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. This Jesus reaches down to us in all these difficult aspects of our lives. 
He has lived through him, them himself, and now he meets with us in our trials. So, what is a fitting response if, like Paul, we, we understand something of what it is to know Jesus and his presence with us in the difficult times we go through? I know in, in this congregation, we have plenty of people who have been through, been through difficult times, are going through difficult times, and... We know that all of us, at some stage, will certainly be going through difficult times. And yet Paul himself, in his writing to the Philippians, says, Rejoice! Rejoice in the Lord always, even in the midst of these trials. I will say it again, rejoice! Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's quite a new way of thinking, perhaps, <laughs> even in the midst of trials, to actually put our focus much more onto Jesus and knowing him than the difficulty of all we are facing. I've gone through well, quite a challenging time. I've experienced uh, something that, I don't know, as far as the medical world is concerned, no one else has experienced, so that's interesting in itself. And actually, Susie and myself are still going through other sorts of trials, but at least my health trial seems to be over now. But basically, because it was so unique, there was a problem with my heart, and, and the specialists just did not know what to, what to do with it. And they left it for quite a while because they just didn't have a clue what, it, <laughs> what the best form of treatment was. And there were many ways, actually, that I could have ended up dying. First of all, uh, the first symptom that came to light was that I had a whole load of fluid around my heart. There was about three liters in the sack around my heart. I don't know if you can imagine walking around with three liters of fluid pressing in on your heart. Doctors are actually amazed that I'm still alive as a result of that even. And the fact that I don't seem to have had my heart affected by it in any major way is quite remarkable. But that fluid was caused by the fact that I had an artery that was expanding and growing. It was an artery right, ne right on my heart, and instead of being about the size of a shoelace, it was this sort of size, you see my three fingers? It was huge. 
and still growing. And we knew that it could burst at any time, and if it did burst, then I would die. So in a way, I was a bit like Paul in his situation, not knowing if he would live or die. But not only that, this huge artery had sent out a new little bit of blood vessel that had joined up with another one. And so a huge amount of blood from the high-pressure side of my system was going into the low-pressure part of my system, of my heart, and putting all sorts of strain on my heart in that way. That could have killed me. But the reason the doctors were very slow to do anything was because actually, whatever they could try to do, that might kill me. <laughs> a bit of a tough situation, really. <laughs> and even when they did decide what they were going to do, well, they, they did, they decided, they opened me up to operate and then they had to throw all their plans out the window and make them up on the spot. Glad I didn't know about that. (laughs) But even then, once they had successfully operated on me and started my heart up again, my heart was bleeding from everywhere, apparently. And so they had to spend another three or four hours, after already operating on me from over ten, another three or four hours stopping the bleeding. And so... It is quite amazing that I am standing here before you. So many ways that I could have ended up dying. So many difficulties in facing that sort of situation. And yet, I can say that as Paul has said in the passage I've just read, He says, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I can honestly say that throughout that whole process, throughout those months and whatever of not knowing if I'd live or die or uh, not knowing if they, they would be able to operate and treat me or what would be the outcome if they did, throughout all of that, I was at peace. And it was a peace that was transcending all understanding because, I mean, I'm not always completely at peace. <laughs> I'm not so, I mean, even the idea of preaching here this morning, I've known anxiety and concern about it. Yet in this huge situation, I knew the faithfulness of Jesus, the goodness of Jesus. And it could have gone either way. I could have lived, I could have died. But I had this peace, whatever the situation. Like Paul, I guess, I knew that there's a wonderful place for me with Jesus. If I do die, or when I do die. But also, I had a real sense that, my, for me, I still have things to do here. And that I would live. But, 
whatever the situation. God was with me. Jesus was with me. I knew his peace in a really special way. And I think a significant part of that was due to the prayers that I had been receiving. For many of you people here, and I am so grateful for all your prayers, but other people as well around the globe were, were praying for me. And that was such a special thing. And that to me is another aspect of knowing Jesus in our trials. Knowing the, the care and support of his people. When I was lying bleeding to death after the operation, there were some people who stayed awake through the night praying for me, praying for the doctors to be able to save me. And that is tremendously humbling and, and, and well, for me, really mind-blowing as well. That people would, were prepared to do that for me. And that really emphasizes to me the value of Jesus' love through his people. In the midst of our difficult situations, in the midst of our trials, And it's something that Paul values very much. He's, he values the prayers of the Philippians. He asks them to continue to pray for him. He is praying for them. The, the workers who are with him are, are praying for the Philippians. And the practical support that he, Paul, is receiving from the Philippians is a, a great blessing as well. But all these things help us to look beyond the people who are giving to us, the people who are supporting us, the people who are, are praying for us, to Jesus. Jesus who really does care for us. Jesus who really does love us. In the midst of pain, in the midst of what seem like horrendous situations. I, I, I know, looking around at you this morning, that there are people here and you are facing horrendous situations. You're in the middle of horrendous situations. And yet, I really want to encourage you, as Paul encouraged the Philippians, and he experienced himself, that knowing Jesus in the midst of this does make all the difference. And Paul wrote to them about pressing onwards, not being satisfied with where he was in terms of knowing Jesus and experiencing the reality of Jesus. He would continue to press on all the way, all the rest of his life. He knew he would press on to know Jesus more, to experience the fullness of this peace, this comfort, this support, this strengthening. In my case, I've been also brought back to complete health again. 
which is quite amazing. For many people, that's not the outcome. For me, one day, it will not be the outcome. But for this time, this season, it was. I've come through back to complete health. But either way, Jesus is with us. His love is there for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus to us because of your great love for us. And Jesus, I thank you that you were prepared to go through such pain, such so <laughs> hard trials in experiencing life together with us so that you could raise us up together with you. And I thank you too for the example of Paul who went through so many trials in his life yet would continue to seek to know you, to seek to experience the fullness of who you are, knowing you to be the God of comfort, knowing you to be the God of love, knowing you to be the God of peace and strength, and knowing that he was a citizen of heaven together with you, that he would be raised up to, to life in its fullness with you, with no more pain, no more suffering, no more trials. But yet here on this earth, you are with us. And we thank you for that. We thank you you are not a distant God, but you are a present God, right in the midst of the worst we can face. You are with us. Thank you so much. Amen.